We're here. Aaron Whitlow. I'm Brandon Spivey. Mm. Welcome back to the Mark Out Movie Podcast. What are we doing yeah. today, Aaron? We are doing Scream 4 2011. Um, and uh, we're also doing Stormy Weather here in Kentucky. A lot of things is happening around us. Uh, pray for our safety. <laughs> right now, it's kind of it's calm here in Bowling Green. What about in Russellville? Uh, it's, it seems fine right now, but it seemed fine a couple hours ago too. Then it came back. So <laughs> it always comes back, like Stephen King. Well, like I said, we're doing uh, Scream Four, uh, but uh, Brandon. You've seen a couple of movies, so I wanted you to real did, yes. talk about what you watched, and I'll tell you what I watched, and then we'll talk, go from there. Okay, so I did finish uh, New York Undercover. First three seasons are great. Last season sucked. It's uh, what happens when you kill off important characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was a pretty good police procedural show. In the early 90s. Um, then I watched uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And i got to be honest. A lot of people hate this movie, apparently. Like, I, I see nothing but negative reviews. I would hate it, too, if it wasn't for Jonathan Majors. <laughs> to mm. be real. Uh, when, once he shows up, he everything changes. The landscape of the film changes. And it's, for me, it's great after he shows up. Um. Just felt weird, though. Uh, Paul Rudd. It just the jokes didn't land with him. Do you feel like this would be on Disney Plus pretty quickly? Yeah, because uh, people have stopped have have stopped going to see it. It was a yeah, like it dropped like sixty or seventy percent in, in the second weekend. So uh, yeah, I think it'll be on Disney Plus within a month and a half. So wait. I really I like the movie, but yeah, wait. Yeah, I'll uh, wait. If it wasn't for Dawson, I would have waited anyway. So I, that's yeah. where I'm at with yeah, me with and you. Brandon has collectively dis- discussed this that we are pretty much by that with Marvel. Not only just Marvel, I think even DC, like superheroes in general, it just it maybe for us we I, mean, I don't know if it's because of this, but for me because we went through all the Marvel stuff, and then, like, halfway after Endgame, it's hard to kind of keep your interest. Um, Shang-Chi did it, uh, did a little bit, uh, but other than that, even Black Panther, for me, was like a bust. So Yeah. Um, yeah, Endgame was the Endgame. <laughs> There's no top in it. There's, it's went down. Even Chang Chi, it wasn't as good. Um, it was great. I, I liked it a lot, but it's not at the level of Endgame or what they were doing before that. It's dropped tremendously. As far mm-hmm. as DC goes, I was, you know, it was hit and miss. I like Black Adam. Then everything just kind of fell apart with what they're doing. Now they're blaming the fans if Shazam doesn't continue. So uh, it's like take accountability for your decisions you're making. James Gunn. <laughs> I, I don't want to see what he's doing. He's made me not a fan. Just I just don't want to see what he's doing. Well, But the last movie I saw was Cocaine Bear, and 
course, six hundred oh. and something people saw our out of the theater reaction. I thought it was really good. That was a, a lot of fun. It's much better than Ant Man and a Wasp. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if I had a, if we could go back a week, what I would tell people to go watch would be go watch a bear eat a lot of cocaine and kill people over whatever Ant Man and the Wasp are going to be doing. It's more entertaining. Brandon said, "Say uh, cocaine. Brandon kills a lot of people. Eat more cocaine. Brandon kills a lot of people." It's just like it's 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 what the movie is. It's probably the best thing I've seen in recent weeks. Uh, I, I would say in 2023, uh, that's probably it'll be my most favorite thing that I've seen this year so far. Um, I like uh, Megan. I like uh, Missing, um, but that was fun. That movie was just fun. It, yeah, it's like take the brain off, enjoy the movie. That's what that is. I loved it. Um, I also saw on Netflix, uh, We Have a Ghost, uh, which is, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. It, other people called it E.T. meets, or E.T. with, with a ghost. But I said it's E.T. meets Ghost Dad. Um, it's the best comparison I have. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was, um, thought it's the, People, the actors in it was pretty good, um, but it just it tries to feel like uh, that ET that nobody can nobody can copy Spielberg. I mean, no. you try to give it a feel, but but can't, but the feel isn't there like Spielberg. The, you know, it's hard it's hard to duplicate Spielberg, man. You know, I feel you. Oh, hate to interrupt, but. Um... I will go ahead and mention it. You know I saw it, so I'll go ahead and mention it. I did finally watch You People. I didn't hate it as much as Aaron, but I don't look at it as a comedy, as I told him. I look at it as kind of a dramedy, but I I, I worry about Eddie Murphy (laughs) moving forward in anything he does, especially Beverly Hills Cop 4. I worry about that movie so much. Well, I honestly thought that Eddie, like, I was so looking forward to coming to America until I think the title was coming to America. And it's and also, the same guy that did this movie, I think he wrote Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. The same guy that directed uh, You People wrote Coming to America. And kept writing or something. Uh, I just I just don't find him a good writer. Uh, he's not the inter- I don't like his shows. I don't like Blackish. I don't like any of those shows. Oh. Uh, I, I know think- you're talking about. Yeah. I haven't seen Blackish or any of those. I did watch that Black. Hey, yeah, yeah. I, I view it the same way I do you people. It's more of a dramedy, more serious mm-hmm. than funny. The the jokes didn't land in that either. So, yeah, he's Blackish was very popular. I haven't seen it, but it was very popular. So it just it just didn't hit with me. Now I did like uh, in the show. I did like uh, uh, I forget his name. He plays like one of. Anthony Anderson's best friend who, who who he works with. Uh I forget his name, Dion or something. The comedian. He yeah. is he steals every scene he's in. If you ever watch Blackish, when he pops up, just he's gonna steal every single thing. He he's he's great. And you want more of him uh than uh than anyone else. And and you will tell me this. You're just like, I love this guy. But yeah. Um It's surprising. But, I I would think Anthony would be great. 
Unless, unless he's lost his comedic timing too. I mean, well, I haven't seen him in anything, so he's been more serious. It's yeah. like it's like what he did with Eddie Murphy and uh, you people. He played the more serious. Um, but yeah, but we have ghosts. We have a ghost. I thought it was not bad. But uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and get into our discussion, which is Scream 4. This movie came out 10 years, uh, close to, or a little bit of, of past 10 years, uh, since uh, Scream 3. Yeah. So uh, Scream 3 happened in 2000, like 2000, right? Yeah, I think um, so. I think it was 2000. And then... Uh, this one came out in 2011, so... Yeah, a week before uh, Dawson was born. A week before Dawson was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Williamson returns as a writer, and this is the last film of Wes Craven before he passed away, um, which I like Wes. I thought Wes did an excellent job. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he was... Wes, Wes Craven, man, uh, he, was, he, he was one of those guys that was able to reinvent John, like, he made, he took something, like, so, an idea that he thought was could have been creepy. And uh, I give Kevin Williamson props as well, but I'm saying Wes's directorial, like, vision. He uh, he was really good at, like, capturing things. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, you know, of course he came with Fre Freddy Krueger with his brainchild. And, uh, and he's an icon, and, and then he went on to essentially create another icon in Ghostface. So the guy, the guy is like, he, he is great, you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we've discussed this in the past, but I, I kind of, I put him up there with Carpenter. Honestly, I, I didn't used to. I thought he was a few steps behind, but I put him neck to neck with Carpenter now. I. What he did with Freddy and just what he did with Ghostface, first four films, back hurting. Yeah, yeah, the sitting, sitting up, sitting up straight. Yeah, but yeah, I, Wes was a, he's one of the best, I would say, best directors of our generation. Uh, I mean, he's, I'm not gonna put him up over Spielberg or anything or Scorsese, but well, I'll say that he. The difference between like a Wes Craven and a John Carpenter and a Steven Spielberg and other people is Steven has essentially he's able to he was able to have a toe in different genres and still like be like great. Um, and not only that, Spielberg as a producer still breathes through the screen, even if even though he didn't direct the project, you can still feel his essence. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And stuff that he's attached to, and so I don't think no one else has that type of. Or maybe it's just maybe we uh, romanticize Steven Spielberg, but I just feel that way when it comes to his stuff and stuff that he's attached to. I agree, hundred um, percent. But you know, I, this was Wes's last film. I didn't realize yeah. it was his last film. Did um, yeah. I think he went out on a high note? You know. Uh, because I feel up to this point, Scream 4, to me, is the best sequel. Like, it returned to form. That's, that's what I was going to touch on, too. Uh, let me hit click something real quick. Uh, I wanted to look at something. Uh, West, because between Scream 3 
in this film, Wes Craven um, had some plots, if you yeah. think. My show to take. Uh, now, Red Eye is, is, is it was, it's panned, but it has a cult following. I think that it was a really interesting film. Um, uh, but yeah, he did, like, he had, like I said, a few films in between, like, be before this one. Uh, between that, like I said, My Soul to Take was 2010. Um, yeah, that was. He, the Hills Have Eyes. Uh, well, he wrote it. Did he direct it as well? Not the remakes. Oh, he, he produced it. He produced the remake. He probably had like a credit, a writing credit, maybe. Maybe. But, like, either way, what I'm saying, my point is, his films in between. Screen three and screen four was hit or, was hit or miss. Like I did, yeah. I never liked my soda tag. I always thought it was trash. Um, I think that's one of his worst films he's ever made. Uh, I would say the worst though would have to be The Hills Have Eyes too. That was just, oh, I was hard. I couldn't even believe he directed it. I still don't believe he directed it. <laughs> but he directed what now? The Hills Have Eyes too. He directed it. Yeah, I can't. Oh. I don't. I don't believe it. But he's listed as the director. That was terrible. I know. <laughs> I like, know. Like, 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 honestly, with the first Hillside Eyes movie, uh, they were able to like capture horror and mm -hmm. and make it really good. It was actually a decent film. Um, very, very much like the remake of it's during the same time with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and that's what this movie. And that's funny because this is what Screen Four touches on the whole remake, the yeah. reboot uh, of uh, thing that was happening uh, in the in that time frame. I, that's what I love about Screen, is in, in every single film, even three, it has its own like zeitgeist of uh, what's going on in film or in horror genre at that time, and captures it you know perfectly. So, like, the first screen film was about it, it kicked off as a slasher, but it but it also reinvented teen slashers and yeah. started its own little thing. And then part two was well, you feel like it was more a continuation of that, or was it more like sorority row, like like college slashers? Yeah, that I, kind of thing? I would say a little bit of both. It's continuing, but it is. It's taking a cue from those type of films that take place in college. Um, and the third one, it, you, got, you go to Hollywood, <laughs> which is, I think, everybody's least favorite. Uh, yeah, it's weak. It's the weakest out of all of them. But, but this was like this man. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, so we have. In this film, it's about essentially Sydney Sydney Prescott comes back into town at the same time she arrives to promote her new book, Out of the Darkness. Um, Ghostface pops up and starts killing people. Um, what did you think about this? Is what I hate about the film. The only thing I hate about the film, the fake code opening. Yeah, I always yeah, hated. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it then. I don't. I don't like it now. 
That's the only thing I don't like. Um, it feels more like something that would happen in a scary movie versus Scream, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, truly. But, I, did, I mean, I liked that Kristen Bell was in it. Anna Pack. Anna Pack. Yeah. I like they, they got them for it. So, But I wish they had actually been in the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of being the opening for a stab movie. But, you know, it is what it is. I like uh, I think, Amy uh, Tergarden. T- t- I don't know how to say her name. Uh, Jenny Randall. She played Jenny uh, at the, at the, in the actual murders that actually happened. Um, you know, at the first murders. Uh, she is. She was in uh, Friday Night Lights, the show, as uh, Coach, Coach Taylor's daughter. So it's good for me. It's really cool to see her in this. Um, I don't know if she really done anything post Friday Night Lights. I don't know. And the other girl that was in the house with her, apparently she's in Pretty Little Liars or something. I've never seen that show, so I'm not familiar. But uh, she's, I guess, I will say this, Scream has a way of getting pretty big names to the least cameo. And so that was a pretty good one. I think the biggest one would probably be Kristen, for me, Kristen Bell. Yeah. The biggest cameo. Because Veronica Mars is like one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, I've never seen that, but I know who she is. Yeah, right. Sounds but, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you, but it's can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you, but it just sounds like it's going in and out. Oh, what happened is uh, somebody was calling my phone. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, can you kind of set up the uh, the premise of what was going on? Uh, and I appreciate that. Well, it was just they were uh, doing. It was like an opening for um, Stab. They, they, they were watching Stab seven, maybe six, maybe six mm-hmm. and seven. Then it cuts to you see them watching it and. Ghostface calls him. This one girl's getting stalked, and he calls her and hands the phone. Says it's for you. <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It felt like scary movie. The the whole opening felt like scary movie to me. Yeah. Like it didn't do what the original scream did, or two, or even three. Um, I didn't care for these two girls. Like okay, they killed them. Let's move on. I, I don't care. I cared. For Drew, I you know I, I cared for Omar and Jada. I definitely cared for Cotton, but I didn't care for these two. So I was glad to move on. We get to the book signing. Here comes Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> Got to shut yeah. things down. And what I love about this movie, though, this is the first time where I felt Dewey was important. Wait, yeah. he had a key role, and you Dewey knew he had, had a key role. Dewey still always gets his butt handed to him. The only time I would say that he doesn't is in the last one that we see him in. It's, he actually, like, fights. Pike, he does really good, man. But, yeah, this one, um, Dewey, Dewey seems like he didn't seem like a, a idiot or anything. Although, uh, <laughs> there's a scene. Right, so, after, uh, well, actually, we have the characters, um, I forget her name. I always call her the cheerleader. Uh, Hayden Pentary. Pentary? Kirby. Uh, Kirby. Yeah, Kirby, which she's one of my favorites now. Uh, 
And then uh, Jill Roberts uh, playing Emma Roberts. No, Emma Roberts playing Jill Roberts. I'm sorry. That's kind of confusing. Uh, and then uh, Olivia Morris. Um, but anyway, they like in, are in the car and they get a call from Ghostface. Um, and they think it's just Trevor pranking them. Um, but the, uh, but we also established what I love about the film is that it established Dewey is not really, he's not a pushover. Mm-mm. Like I said, he, he's not an idiot. Although, like I said, that one time when they yes. interrogate, interrogating the girls, uh, and, uh, he says, she says, uh, uh, Kirby says, I didn't get a phone call. Oh, my God. Am I next? Am I going to die next? He says, no. Well, I don't I don't know. Maybe. You know. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like the way, the way he delivered it. Because he really, because he had to think back, like, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I think someone did die because they didn't get a call. So, yeah, maybe it could happen. You know. But, I also like it when uh, Deputy Judy won't let Gail in. And it's like it's need to know information. It's not public. It's all over the internet, Dewey. It is. <laughs> you know, I love it. Like he has his moments of classic Dewey, but yeah, he is playing it more straight this time. And I love that he's grown. And that I think that's the that's the important thing about these I, I, movies. The characters do grow. Even yeah. Gail. She was yeah. humble to and a point. Gonna, and I was gonna and I was gonna get on that too, real quick. So, what was your thoughts on? Uh, uh, first, also, uh, Dewey doesn't have his lip anymore. So no. very slightly, slightly there, if anything. But but he looks like he kind of returned back to form a little bit more. Because yeah. um, you couldn't have him walking around all jankety uh, again. No. Um, but Gail, did you hate her the least in this movie? I didn't hate her. She, I thought she was humble. Like, I hadn't seen this movie, I think, since 2011. Or, no, I, I went back and watched it last year, but I just didn't remember her being humbled. And I think living a quiet life, you know, her popularity's died down. She's not relevant anymore. It humbled her, and I like that. Uh, so maybe I hope she doesn't get killed and sits. <laughs> But uh, I thought she did well. I thought Courtney played it really well. Someone that thought they were so full of themselves and they got humbled. I thought she played that well. And uh, I just thought she, I wouldn't say uh, I don't know. I, I really liked the two boys, Charlie and Robbie. Yeah. Two movie nerds. Yeah. And if it had been me, if you're going to go Charlie's the killer, as one of the killers. I would have had Robbie being the other one. It two obsessed fans, you know. I wouldn't yeah. have did what they did. Uh, I know we'll hit on that later, but I wouldn't have done. I, I don't like that. The other yeah. killer. I, I I didn't like the motivation. Yeah. The uh, also uh, we have Allison Brie in here is Rebecca Walters. She uh, she plays uh, she plays Sydney's uh, publicist yeah. or, or or I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know what that career is. I guess publicist. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, she she has that streak that Gail Weathers had, you know. Yeah. Uh, but she's just like, oh man, uh, I was, it's I was good. She's good to hear. 
I like her, and obviously she's in Parks and Rec. Not Parks and Rec. She's in uh, Community. She was in Community, but those that watch uh, uh, Glow on Netflix, she's in Glow. Uh, she's like the star of Glow. When oh, that's who she is. Yeah. She looked familiar. I just I, I didn't put it together. Yeah, that's Thank her. You. Thank you for that. No problem. But, uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed uh, seeing her in here. Uh, but we got to first talk about the most brutal death. I, the, I, I think that this is the most brutal death since uh, uh, since uh, shoot in the very first one, very first murder in the first one. Oh. Uh, which hers was the you see the outcome was brutal, but you didn't see it. This one with the killing of Olivia. Uh, oh. in the in the closet, like he comes out the closet and starts stabbing her and killing her and destroying mm-hmm. her. It was very brutal. Was. I think I think that might have been. Do you think that there was a uh nod to the torture porn that that was happening around that time frame or that they experienced? Because the way me, that, for me personally, the, I I don't. Mm-hmm. But I feel it was just saying, "Hey, this is what Wes is saying. We're back to form." We, we're sorry for Scream 3. <laughs> we didn't give it our all in Scream 3. We had some drama behind the scenes in Scream 3. We're back to form here. I, I really do believe that was the mindset with that kill. It's like, we're back to being Scream. We're not a Scooby-Doo mystery, you know. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it could have been a it could have been a little bit of both. Uh, but I took it as he's like saying, I'm back. I'm back to being Wes Craven. More than it's... Um, it's a ploy on torture porn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that uh, I never thought about that, what you said. It could be that, that Wes was saying, I'm back, we're back. This is, like we were saying before, this movie, Scream 4, is like, if you could just say Scream, Scream 4, and then the next screams to come, they'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far mm-hmm. as like, like that, I feel like this, is more connected to the first one than part two and part three was. Um, I can see that, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that this one, like, like uh, Emma Roberts, I love Emma Roberts in it. Like, yeah, she's first, good. You think they set they're setting her up to be like the next Sydney? Yeah, uh, because you know, but yeah. you know, she didn't share a lot of screen time. Screen time, uh, like, well, she did. She wasn't the focus, like. Sydney was the focus in the films. I wish that they would have did it, but you can't do it with her because obviously the reveal. Um, yeah, but I also think that the way they did scream that we talked about this that Sydney wasn't supposed to be the focus with the killers, with Stu and Billy. That they were supposed to kill her when they attacked her. So uh, I don't know. I, but one one thing I do love about this movie is that. All the characters. This is the best Scream has been with character development since the first one. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, grand granddaughter. Uh, but anyway, so let's let's go ahead and get into some more stuff. Um, I wanted to talk about so after that murder. And they are trying to blame Sydney as like you're like the angel of death that yeah. follows you. I did like the introduction that we have a little bit more world building 
in as 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 uh, regards to Maureen Prescott mm-hmm. that uh, that Sydney's mother had a sister, uh, and the and the mother and the sister Katie Kate Roberts said um, nobody ever asked me how I feel or what or, or the trauma that you know because you think about it, her sister's murder kicked all this off. In the, you know, like nobody thinks about that, and I love that. Uh, as as the death in the movie, that actually was the, the saddest death for me in this movie was the death of Kate, uh, Kate Roberts. Because I was like, oh, I, I hate that she died, but I just showed you the levels that we're going to say it that Emma Roberts carried the jail was willing to go for notoriety. Yeah, yeah it's. You want to be famous, you're going to do anything. And that's the sad truth. And I think Wes did a great job of showcasing that in the Scream franchise. For the most part, that's, you know, Billy and Stu, they wanted, but Billy wanted revenge. But in the sequel, it, uh, Mickey, was it, was it Mickey? Yeah. He wanted to be famous. But he wanted what? to blame it on the movies. But, you know, in part three, it's just, uh, the stupid brother angle. <laughs> Let me ask you a quick question. Because uh, we're, we're going to see this at the end of this movie with the reveal. Uh, but going back to Stu and Billy, Billy Loomis and Stu, Stu Martha, um, do you think that Billy and Stu was going, if, if they had gotten away with everything, you think they would have still been the two survivors? Or, or do you think Billy would have? In the Soul Survivor by Killing Spree. Uh, I could see Billy because he stuck him. You know, it, he stuck him hard. And he, and Stu even said, "You cut me too deep." <laughs> so I think Billy Woozy here. Yeah, I, I think Billy's plan was to kill him too. Okay, because really because as far as as of right now, we have yet to have a successful. That was like, oh yeah, we're gonna survive and do this together. Like, like if you if there's more than one ghost face, then uh, one of you is gonna turn on the other. <laughs> the way it, it yeah. goes as of right now. Uh, but yeah, I love. Um, I, but I, I don't know. Just there's some death in it. Did you notice that they had the um, they had a plaque or a plaque a bus for Henry Winkler in the school? No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, when they're sitting at the at the locker at the locker uh, talking, uh, if you look in the corner, you can barely see the side of it. But it's Henry Winkler. It's like a bust of the principal because he he's a victim. So that's a good callback to the first film. Um, but the nerds, Rory Culkin, and the other guy, uh, Eric Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. Uh, Robbie and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, I thought they were really great characters. I thought that they had. I thought Robbie felt like an, a a truly updated version of um, Randy. Randy. Yeah, I felt like he's truly an updated version of Randy. Um, he yeah. gave me vibes. Yeah, uh, I loved him uh, when he died. To me, for I guess personal reasons, biased reasons, it was the saddest death 
just being the movie fan I am. <laughs> you see someone like that, he's gonna, he knows he's about to die. I'm gay. <laughs> if that helps. <laughs> I just, <laughs> there's rules here. <laughs> so he wasn't really gay. He just wanted to say, hey, I'm gay if that's gonna make me live. If that's apparently a rule. You know, uh, <laughs> I just, it made, made me laugh. Uh, it's making me laugh now thinking about it, how, where we will go when we're facing death. <laughs> and exclusively, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon just came out as gay, just right now. So we appreciate that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a, uh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm not. Sorry. But uh I had to call uh, Jerry Seinfeld there. I mean <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh but yeah, man. Um what do you think about uh, the officers? Uh we have other than Dewey, uh now Sheriff Dewey. Uh <laughs> Sheriff Dewey. Uh, I love it. Uh but besides them you have Deputy House and Deputy Perkins and then um uh, Judy, Deputy Judy. Deputy Judy, I love Deputy Judy. Uh, she, um, what was her name? Mary, she was in Mary Shelton. Yeah, Marley she was Shelton. in. She did a a scream ripoff called Valentine's. That, I loved her in that. I, I, I'm glad she got to be in this. The place is a completely different type of character. She nailed. She was like a female Dewey. I was actually hoping Dewey was going to leave Gail get with her i mean i always question because she has a kid did do we do something <laughs> is it dewey's do. i don't think they ever explain who the father was so oh. well if it is dewey's, uh he's dead too, too. yeah too bad for all of them but anyway <laughs> none of them <laughs> but anyway uh but yeah and then you have uh anthony anderson and uh Adam Brody. Anthony Anderson um, has been in the scary movie franchise, which at the point that he's in the scary movie franchise, they're trash. He's at the trash part portion. After the first two, I think it just gets in the trash. The third one was okay. It's with Charlie Sheen, uh, and they do the science stuff. I thought it wasn't bad, but yeah. it wasn't great. But, I, did uh, not, I didn't know he was in that franchise. Who, Anthony Anderson? Have yeah. you seen you seen any of the scary movies? I saw the first one, but I don't really remember anything about it. <laughs> oh, wow. We have to watch it. Than... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, but I, I remember, as far as this subgenre goes, I do remember him being part of one of the Urban Legend sequels. I don't remember which one, but he was in one of them. Gets he his was. Next, yeah, he gets his next slash, I do believe. Oh, so yeah. he's been he's been in two two different places yeah. when it's a screen rip off and parody. Um, uh, well, I would say because Scary Movie was originally a screen rip off and parody, but the ones that he's in that doesn't even look like this at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Anthony Anderson and uh, and uh, Adam Brody, I thought that they were. Some of the weakest characters in the movie. I thought they were, yeah, just idiots. I liked them though, but they didn't have a lot of time. 
Now the joke at the end when Anthony Anderson's getting getting stabbed in the head, <laughs> in the forehead, and he's falling. Huh? Did he say F was Willis? He did. And at the time that was funny. But now it's you know, it's it's sacrilegious almost because yeah. it's the shape he's in. But I was wondering why he said that. I always assumed it I don't know. Because they were cops and they're playing off they were thinking they were in die hard. I don't really know. Unless Wes Craven had some issue. If they'd been directed by Kevin Smith, I would understand. <laughs> but it wasn't. Um so I don't I don't really understand the joke. Yeah, I, I never understood that. Uh, but unless it was cool at the time to make fun of Bruce Willis, but I don't. Th- I think back then, 2011, he was still doing still uh, decent films. I, I'm not gonna say great, but he was still mainstream at least. Uh, now, the he did get you know obviously Anthony Anderson character got stabbed in the head, <laughs> which does based on uh does based on uh. Something that Wes Craven seen on like one of those doctor shows where someone came into the ER with a knife wound in the head, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, that'd be an interesting way to kill someone." And that's where Wes Craven did that. So there Anthony, you go, Anthony. You're my guy. <laughs> you're getting stabbed in the head. Um, now I want to talk about this because uh, we so Gail. Uh, and Dewey didn't work together in this one, essentially. They didn't share a lot of screen time together. Well, they did, but they didn't. Uh, but Gail went off on her own, and she ended up leaking with uh, the film the, the film nerd. Um, yeah. Try to help solve the murder, um, or the, the, who, the, who the killer is. Um, and part of the a plot is that the third act would happen at a party, and the biggest party is the Sabathon, where they're going to watch all seven films. Even part five has time travel, apparently, by the way. That's what they said. But uh, I don't know how that works. Uh, I hope but, we find out. <laughs> maybe. Uh, and then, as we know, if we, if, by watching the one that came after this, the uh, movies after that, there's like a robot. Uh, yeah. So, so, and he has a plane flamethrower because it's no longer based off of the uh, and, and that's a critique on films it's not based on the source material any longer it's now just has to come up with their own thing and so yeah. that's what happens but uh, I want to mention this so originally I thought cause, I'm hearing something so. nope but uh, originally, I thought that the um, uh, ghost face was going to be like a scarecrow ghost face. Yeah, I remember I, that. I remember that mask. Because I own it. I have the. I have that custom. I bought it years ago when this movie was coming out at Walmart. And that was ghost face that year. Scarecrow ghost face. And I still have it. Uh, the costume. That's the only Halloween costume I still actually have. Um, but yeah, um, and every year I guess I baby, why, why not? But yeah, I was wondering why they decided not to go with that and to then go with just a traditional ghost face. I, you know, it wouldn't have made more sense to go with that because you're changing, it's been like a decade, so you want to come back stronger, but and look different. But 
I don't know. I don't know why they decided to change. Um, I do remember the mascot. I saw it in stores and I didn't buy it. I, I came close to buying it, but I, I bought the traditional one. And I even seen the action figure of a, I do believe it was Scarecrow Ghostface. Did you so have I, your I think, Ghostface No. Uh, she kept it. <laughs> get it, get it I guess. Or she threw it away. I, I don't know. I, I just know I don't have it. So. <laughs> you can get it back. Give it to your truly. Um, Did you already uh, have one? <laughs> oh, I'll take another. Um, I, I have a question, though. Yeah. Why do you think there's not been a black ghost face? This is the case, but there hasn't been. It's 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 always white people. Why? Why can't we get? Are you saying only white people are psychotic? Is that what we're saying? Are you saying hashtag black ghost face? Well, it could be Latino. Uh, it could be anything. I mean, it's only hmm. it's only been white. I, I was just curious about your opinions. I don't know. Maybe because we we're, we we. Don't have a vendetta against anybody or trying to become that famous that way, maybe. I don't know. Maybe in New York, because, you know, things can be crazy in New York. Maybe we have a, a black ghost face there. Yeah. You do have yeah. one shooting somebody in the convenience store. So, I mean, I'm just saying it's in the trailer. I ain't seen the trailer, Brandon. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers. Brandon spoils everything. Um, but uh, but I honestly try not to. It's hard. <laughs> but, uh, we we want to talk about the so Gail Gail gets stabbed um because we had one what the murder of um Olivia the murder of the two deputies uh, the uh the Rebecca Walters uh she gets thrown she gets stabbed and then thrown off the top of she's stupid she should have. For one, stay in your car. Just stay in your car. Call 911. Just a little thing that she could have done inside her car. Yeah. Clearly her phone worked. Call. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. But she just was meant to die. Anyway. Um, you get, had her and then you had, uh, Kate, uh, the mother of Jill and then we get to the actual final act, which is not at the party, but at a little get together at, at the house, which I would say this house, Kirby's house, rivals for me, uh, Sue's Sue, Sue house, as far as like atmosphere. Yeah, it has some atmosphere. I, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, at, at this point in time, the only one I didn't really, well, no. The only person I kind of wanted to see get killed was maybe Trevor because he's been an arse throughout the whole picture. So, but I knew what they were doing. They were setting it up like, oh, he's gonna be like Billy. He's Billy, but he's not. He's well, just it, it, actually, <laughs> they, they actually the way he dressed is he mimics the way that the father uh, said his father was dressed in the first one. So he does. He does. So he dressed exactly identical to that. And then you see that uh, uh, Robbie, Robbie, uh, yeah, he's dressed like Randy, uh, sorta, like the green, the green shirt yeah. and 
So if he kind of dressed like that, now I, I will. I don't think uh, Corey. Uh, what is what's the name? Charlie. Charlie. I think Charlie was really dressed like uh, Stu at all. I think he wanted to be a Loomis, but he wasn't dressed. He's no Loomis. He's you're no Loomis, sir. Uh, I actually think he wanted to be Randy, but the killer. Yeah. Like, Randy was Randy was the killer. Yeah. Okay. But he wasn't Randy. That was Robbie. So <laughs> yeah. he was just kind of lost. Like yeah. I don't really have I don't know who I am. So I, I, I want to be Randy, but I also want to be Billy. <laughs> I thought that but but then like there's a reveal that it's Jill as the other ghost face. Uh and uh and I love her motivation is I just want to be famous. Yeah. Uh, I'm jealous of my cousin who's famous. I want to be famous. It's just pretty much it. That's and I'm willing to do whatever to become viral and famous. Uh, and and it, pred- it, it predicted, this movie predicted the viral TikTok, viral craze that is now what it is, where people want to do, if I can capture on video me doing something crazy or surviving something to become famous, then let me do that. And so, it really predicted it. Um, but yeah, um, but my girl Kirby took the bait. Um, but glad to see she survived. So yeah, I mean, it didn't show it that she survived, but she survived. So that plan would have worked anyway. Because well, well, for Kirby, she would have said, "No, um, Charlie's the killer." She wouldn't even know that Jill was the killer. No, she wouldn't have. And, you know, and I, you know, you really have not got her views on any of this. So I, I'm really, as far as the next one, the new one, I'm really curious how she, what kind of mindset she's going to have in the movie because you don't really know how she feels about any of it. You, you know what would have been cool? If had, had, this is like my own alternate ending thing. What if they really did kill Sydney? Kill and then her plan worked and she survived and that's the end of the movie and then the sequel they said the sequel was going to be uh, Jill going off to college kind of like yeah. two uh, but there's a new ghost face that's actually following her that knows what she did uh, and so a real she's really being inspired by a real ghost face um, but I thought that would be kind of cool if we also see that Kirby survived. And Kirby is ultimately the true final girl. Like, maybe. I don't know. Um, because I, I love, I, I, let me say this, I love Jill. I thought Jill was great. I yeah. thought she was just as twisted and sadistic as both Bloomit and Stu. Just like, <laughs> what she put herself through at the end of that movie was complete insanity. <laughs> You know, you know it was it great, though. Me? It was great. It reminded me of that scene in uh, in Liar Liar when Jeff says, Oh, uh, yeah. Do you mind? But yeah, uh, that's why that's I guess from that. I thought that was really, like, she, like you said, just like it was so entertaining to watch what she was putting herself through. You're like, yeah. Oh my goodness, I can't look away. You know, <laughs> and then, like, when, the, when uh, Stewie said, Oh, the, she survived. She's in ICU. It's touch and go right now. She's like, really? <laughs> Her whole demeanor just changed. And you know what? Uh, if it had been me, if you're keeping all that, 
that's probably where I would have ended the movie. Not kill Jill, you know. Yeah. I, I we need to see a ghost face survive. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. That would have been really cool if had that been the ending right then and there. Yeah. Uh, also, we didn't mention this for those that haven't seen the movie for some reason. Uh, Jill kills that Charlie because it's never going to be about you two. She wanted to be the sole survivor of this one. And she yeah. also shoots her boyfriend in the peepee. Yeah, and then in the head. In both heads. Which, you know, Dewey would eventually solve that. And we're like, it doesn't make sense for Charlie to shoot him there. Why shoot him there then the head? You know? I mean, yeah. any person. good... Yeah. Any good cop would say, uh, there's something... It just doesn't make sense. Let's do a little bit more investigating. So I don't think she would have gotten away with it. Maybe not in Woodsboro. Maybe had Gail investigated it, she would have found that out. Because, like, they say that, oh, that's, that's on purpose. You purposely shot him back. Like, you was mad at that. You know? Um, yeah. But yeah. No, I agree with you, though. If they would have ended it right there with her realizing that Sydney's still alive in the ICU, that would have been great. And then, like, just the end of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. But, no, um, we had her go and try to kill Sydney. But then also she let it slip that her and uh, Gail has matching wounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, but um, stab wounds. But, yeah, she gets electrocuted in the face. And then Sydney says, don't mess with the original. But it's like edited, buddy. <laughs> it is a great line, though. Yeah. It was my it's my favorite line from Sidney Prescott throughout all the movies. Mm -hmm. I know that it was that was Wes Craven taking a shot at people remaking his movies. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Uh, yeah, and uh, in the end, it just ends on a shot of dead Jill. Now, it it'd be cool if we find out that Jill never didn't really die, but she just was. But she got shot in the chest because she's dead. Um, yeah, she did come back from that. She got shot in the chest, yeah. you know. And Sydney kind of laid there with her, which yeah. I don't know. It, the, those last two movies, three and four, how she acted towards the end just didn't make sense to me. You know, mm -hmm. holding her brother's hand and kind of laying there with her. Like, I understood it more with the fourth one, but really, no, I really don't because she really has no connection. She doesn't really yeah. know her cousin. So it's like they're trying to f force a bond like Michael yeah. had with Lori, and it just isn't there. Yeah. I thought that, though, uh, but there were ultimately, uh, I thought that the film was great. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. You ready to give a, your mark out or anything else you want to mention? Um. Uh, no, I think I think we've covered pretty much everything. Yeah. All right. So I'll go first. I'm going to give it five. Mark out there. I I loved it. I had a great time with it. Uh, the weakest part to me in the movie was just the very beginning with the code open stuff. Um, the the fake out stuff was just it was 
I, I, I got over I was over it, you know. But I actually loved the movie in itself. Um, I thought Ghostface was really great. Um, and uh, the reveal of who it is, um, it was a really good twist with it being Jill. And to me, when I first seen it, I, I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't see that Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see Jill coming, but I did see Charlie. I always mm-hmm. usually get one of the killers right. But I just thought it would have been perfect if it had been Robbie and Charlie, you know, the the two movie obsessioned, you know, guys that, you know, I don't know. But, I, yeah, five for me as well. Um, I f- at this point, I feel like it's been the best sequel. And it's more connected, as you said, to the original than any mm-hmm. of the other films came prior. So, um, and I honestly do believe this was the perfect opportunity for them to kill Sydney, this mm-hmm. one, this one felt like it was time. I, I thought that's why when I first seen it, that's what I thought was happening. When when she gets stabbed and then she gets stabbed again, I'm like, oh, they're doing this. They're killing Sydney. <laughs> then like, I was like, okay, um, I, I I wouldn't been okay with that, you know. Um, now at this point, I guess they missed that opportunity. Honestly, I think I think yeah, I don't, I think it was the perfect opportunity. Go. And she's off, but she's living her life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always a chance she comes back, but it's, I think Scream has moved past Sydney. Yeah. So yeah. it won't. I, yeah, it's I agree not with like, you. It's not like Jamie coming back to Halloween, you know, even though she didn't die, I felt she should have, but even though she didn't, it's, it's, Nev's not Jamie. You know, I don't feel Sydney is Laurie Strode. She's not to that level. Okay. Well, all right. Well, next week we will be uh, doing Scream 5. Uh, and Brandon, what is it that you want people to do? Well, if you enjoyed this episode and like to see us more, click that like button, click that share button, and click that subscribe button. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to follow us in the future. All right. In the meantime, and in between time, Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spivey. We are the Market Movie Podcast. Thank you for marking that with us. Have a great weekend. And if you're here in Kentucky, stay safe and uh, shelter in place. Just be safe. Yeah. Stay safe. <laughs>